The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. A pick six for the Steelers on the first play of the game. And the ball is out of his game. Yes. Pick it up. And that's TJ Watt running for the end zone. Steelers with the touchdown. Fire Canada. Black and yellow. Combine that with the injury to Nick Chubb. And that was a night the Browns would soon forget. The Saints are 2-0 and after a 2017 win in Carolina. I want to move on to the Bills. The Washington Commanders. You are now going to face a defensive line that is really, really scary. And that's something that you're going to have to worry about. The Bills offensive line is going to have to come to play again, much like they did this past week. Mike Danger. Bills fans climbing the fence to be able to be in the construction site. Gene Battaglia. The legend of the game. Can somebody get him a nice seat in a suite? The unfortunate injury sustained by Matt Savoy. Mel Tucker has responded to Michigan State informing him he'll be fired. I guess if you're watching right now, or you just want to see, I look like a lobster right now. You survived? You got the savage tan? No, I'm burned. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Unpopular opinion? I liked the Cleveland Browns uniforms last night. They were getting crushed oh, online. Wait, 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 wait. I, the, what I was reading, it just depends on who's your feet. I saw a lot of people liking it. Really? Yeah. I mean, as soon as they were unveiled in the summer, if we may start this hour with a little bit of hot uniform talk here. In the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. I, I actually thought that they looked sharp last night. And when they were unveiled, I'm like, those are gonna those are gonna kill. Those those are gonna be great. I have a take on on just alternate uniforms in general coming up here in, in just a couple few. We welcome you in to hour two in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. We'll talk some fantasy here before five o'clock with our fantasy goomba, Tony Catillo of Win Daily Sports. <laughs> joins us. <laughs> I don't think we ever called him the fantasy Goomba. No, I'm calling him that. Yeah. He's our fantasy Goomba. Tony. Hey, Tony. He could be one of our neighbors, Gino. You know how it goes well, on the west the, side. Listen, the Tony Cotillo, he's from Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. He, we go to Philly. No nonsense. No. We're going to Philly for Tony's uh, fantasy yeah. advice here coming up <laughs> before five o'clock. Sends me a note today. Hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. Tony, whatever you yeah. say, Tony. What are you, you going to yeah. do? Challenge him to break your legs. Uh, we, we appreciate you listening this afternoon. 95.7 FM, AM 950. You can hear us in the free-to-download Odyssey app where we sound our best or on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. And we love you checking out the video stream as well. We're streaming for you at The Fan Rochester on YouTube and on Twitch. Some takes, Gino. Yeah, some takes. And I was having a conversation today, and I don't want to say who this was because sometimes you, gotta, you... Now, when you say that... Now you have to say who it was with. You got to out the person that you're you're going to. It was with uh, Fisher baseball coach Brandon Potter. He's a listener of the show. Hey. Yeah. And Potter's take was how Diggs is a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go on. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, in the latest thing you put through the lens, you know, the Bills team employee, Maddie Clab, what she said and how this has landed her, you know, in a little bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. And I swear this was a real conversation. And I'm just like, where are you getting this info from? Stephen A? I'm right in front of you. Okay. Get your news locally. Stop. Can I make this any clearer? So what I used to do to my kids when they were younger and they weren't listening. Can I talk any clearer to you? Diggs is not (laughs) the problem. I'm sure your daughter's thought the same thing you do, Danger. All right. Look, I do feel bad for Maddie Glapp. Okay. But 
She's not going to be able to continue on in that role. I think the trust is gone, and I hope the organization reassigns her. But back to Diggs. I understand why he put it out afterward. There's this narrative about me that's not true, okay? And, and we've been saying this all along. We, we unfairly characterized him as a problem before he came over to the Bills. Remember? I mean, we came over. That's where we got our We got from. it wrong. We got our impressions from how he was in Minnesota. He forced his way out. He was a problem in Minnesota. Well, it turns out Minnesota didn't really know how to manage Stefan Diggs. They really didn't know how to communicate with Stefan Diggs. I don't get any impression at all that Stefan Diggs is anything but a great teammate, a good citizen, probably a really good friend to have if if you're friends with him. Like I don't you never hear about him getting in trouble off the field. You you don't hear about anything bad about Diggs other than what you see on the sideline which is a passionate winner. Guy wants to win. Let's remind, okay, Stefan Diggs was the one player on January 2nd who didn't take the team flight back to Buffalo, stayed in Cincinnati. Not only that, bribed a security guard <laughs> to get back just to check on DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, he's a good teammate. I, I think I think there's always going to be an element of the fan base. If things go wrong, they're going to blame Diggs, or he's just going to rub them the wrong way. And it, I think who you were having the conversation with matters as well. It might be a tell. It's a coach. It's a coach. Yeah. And a coach will look at a player like that differently through a different lens than a fan would. If you're a coach and you have a difficult ego that you have to manage or or a personality disorder that you have to manage, that's that's more on you. Now that's more on your plate and you have to work through that. And to the Bills credit, I think they've managed digs with the exception of what happened in July mm-hmm. perfectly. And and everything they've said about Diggs has been, I think, with the exception of July, with the exception of Sean McDermott, letting his emotion get the best of him in a moment where he shouldn't have said what he said. They've had we wish we had a hundred guys like Stefan Diggs that cared as much as Stefan because when I hear that, that's that's accurate. I feel like that's the Stefan Diggs that we don't want to see because it's easier to pin the blame on him and follow this narrative of, oh, he's a cancer. Oh, he's a bad guy. Oh, he's a me first player. I don't believe any of that. And we were wrong. We were wrong about him when he came over from Minnesota. Yeah. And I, again, I feel terrible for Maddie Glab because that's a that's a trap any of us could fall into. No question. I would, like she's joking oh, around. Gino, we're one off-caller remark from me being in your window saying you want fries with that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we've got hot mics around us all the time. And one of these times we will get burned. We will get burned. It, you know, it's I think it's almost <laughs> Don't an inevitable. Don't say that. It's almost we an inevitable. We can prevent that. We well, can prevent yes. that. This is the world we live in. Right. That, but yeah. Maddie, you know, I'm 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 sympathetic to Maddie Glab's plight here, but I think Maddie's going to be fine. I think she, for what it's worth, handled it exactly the way you should handle it. She she confronted it head on. She didn't make any excuses. And for what it's worth, Diggs did what he had to do because it was what was best for Diggs, putting it out on social media, explaining that this isn't who I am and that's why these comments hurt me. It's important that he did that as well. It it reinforces what most of us know, that what she said about him isn't actually true, that he's not the guy that's going to say, F you, I'm not going to talk to you. That's not who he is. 
But where do the Bills go from here? Do they bring back Clab to that same job, or do they feel like they have to make a statement to say, "Hey, we have to make you an example"? I don't know. I yeah, it's I, a tough. One. I I I would put her back in her same role. I think it's over. I think it's water under the bridge, and you can move on. But. It would be, you know, look, what the Pagoulas do with their business from time to time, we, we were left scratching our head, right? It wouldn't be the first time that they did something that's like, what? You did what? Why? Well, they, they could reassign her. Like, all right, you're, we're going to pay you the same, and you're just going to be in charge now of hospitality when you bring in the... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> the legend of the sure game. The, we take care of the legends of the game, get them good seats so they can actually see the field. Um, all right. I actually liked how the Browns looked last night in their uniforms, not not necessarily on the field, in their uniforms. It was almost like if Penn State had like an alternate Halloween getup that you would see. <laughs> like they they look clean. I like the white on white. I like the white helmet. Now we're gonna have to monitor their success here in the all whites. You know, if you mock the uniform gods, Gino, there is a steep price to pay. If you look back to week two, Atlanta bringing back the red helmet, looking sharp at a big win over the Packers. However, my Bears, in their all orange getups, well, now they're 0-3 in what I consider to be the most atrocious uniform combination in the NFL. The orange helmet, the all orange I Listen, I agree. I didn't think, like, they're going with that today? Terrible. That's the one uniform, like, who what, what am I watching? Oh, it's the Bears. The yeah. Browns may end up burning their all-whites after how last night went. I mean, you consider that they, they gave up a pick six on the first offensive play. You lose Nick Chubb for the season, and you lose the game. But I'm willing to keep tabs on those uniforms. Unpopular opinion. I know a lot of people weren't in favor of those uniforms. They, they didn't like how they looked. I think they're an upgrade over their normal uniforms. I want to see them go to those uniforms full-time. Brown is a difficult color to pull off in sports. I think the Padres going back to Brown because that's what that fan base wanted. They made it work Uh, for Cleveland Brown and orange. That just, oh, maybe in the early days of television work, there's a school locally that had Brown and orange. It's RIT. And they're like, okay, you know, enough. We're the Tigers. We're going to go to black and orange, but you can't go to black and orange because that's what Cincinnati has. So here would be my compromise. And again, the Cleveland Browns are not named after the color. They're named after Paul Brown, the guy who owned the team. That's right. And he named the, the put the of course he's going to put the color of his own name on there. Why why do Browns fans tolerate these terrible this terrible color scheme? Go to orange and navy. Ooh, if you just went to those white uniforms and like that that's what kind of dawned But now about. you're now you're treading on Chicago. Not exactly. I mean, Chicago's a dark, dark, dark navy, a rich navy. You'd almost have to go orange and blue, which is more closer to what Den. Well, Denver has no, that orange and navy the, with the white helmets. Mm. Oh, that's where if you stick with that. I like the all whites. I like anything that de-emphasizes the brown in the Cleveland Browns. I think is what I'm getting at here. The orange doesn't bother me, but the all whites last night, the white helmets especially, I thought looked pretty sharp. I got a quick non-sports take. Uh, Elon Musk gave a recent interview and says he's considering charging everyone now to use X. Apparently, you mean to tell me that not enough people paid $8 a month for your premium service? You're kidding me. Um, if it gets to that point, Danger, let me just go on the record. No. Okay, I'll just go over to threads or oh, whatever. Here's what I'll say before you complete your thought. If, if our fine company, Odyssey, wants to pay for us to have our our X accounts moving forward. I would listen to that if they're charging monthly, because I do feel like it's something we use more than anything for our job. That's true. 
and I'm not going to hold my breath on that. <laughs> I won't because either. Because there's other things like, but like what? Okay, if I go over to Threads, what if they? What if all social media sites start sites started charging? Ah, uh-huh. even better. Uh-huh. Like, wait a second. What if we all got off that drug? That social media is that even possible? Is yeah. it too late for us? Yeah, I think it it might be. Uh, <laughs> it might be a bridge too far at this point. I I do think though that Elon Musk is crazy enough to start charging people to be on his platform. I here's the only way I would do it. And they started doing this a few years ago and then no. If you had live sports. They, they you would see Twitter like whatever the partner was way back when on Thursday night football and baseball would, games on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like if you had a reason to go there to pay, yes, that's premium content. I guess I would pay for if you had NFL games. Yeah, I uh well, what would life be like without social media? I tell you, I don't know, Gino. It's a hard thing to imagine. I had my wife stop me in the middle of the day on Sunday and ask me if I think about the Roman Empire every day. I guess this is a thing that's happening online right now where supposedly men think about the Roman Empire at least once a day. Really? According to who? Well, according to what she saw on TikTok, of course. Oh, so you know, maybe just log off of TikTok for a second. Okay, maybe just Uh, log off instead of saying she didn't believe that. Did she? Well, she had to ask me. Oh, and I said, you know, not every day, maybe four or five times a week, but not every day. Once a year, maybe. I I mean, if I'm watching Gladiator, then I'm thinking about the Roman Empire. Good movie. Okay, like top five. Do I think about the Buffalo Bills multiple times a day? Of course. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. It's our job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is is it, Now, there are some parallels, and I even said this to her, uh, and I said this to, to my daughters as well, because they were teasing me. They're like, you don't know what's going on. You I'm like, if if you're saying that we think about the Roman Empire and the way we view sports, then I would listen to that, because I believe our fandom scratches that itch that goes back generations and generations. It just remains in our DNA. This, this need for, for competition to be in the Coliseum That's with right. your fellow men. That's right. Are, Something yeah. that was ingrained with us generations ago, you know, thousands of years ago is still wired in us, hardwired in us, this need for, for this bloodlust for, for co- competition. So I think that still exists. And that's why, for a lot of us, it's hard to say, oh, I can't get into sports. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to be into it. When you get into it, you get into it because it's hardwired in all of us. Probably more so men than women. I think the women probably were less uh, enthusiastic about what was going on in the Coliseum back in those days. But if you want to say that, then I'll be like, yeah, I think about sports every day. Every I day. That. Like if you watch like the 1920s World Series, like it's all dudes. There. You're right. You know, in their business suits right. going out. We're in their fedoras yeah. and their yeah. their business uh their their suits well do you imagine going to a sporting event wearing a suit like as a fan the way they used to back in the day can, uh, other than a wedding or a funeral can you imagine wearing a suit i mean today? We've, we've really <laughs> really gotten casual haven't we we are so casual uh, all right gino let's get into it it's time for week three in the nfl gino's got his survive and adva- advance pick we already kind of know what direction he's going, but let's go through it here because wow. we know we have options. We do. And again, we're not doing any Dion high step here in week three. Our job is to get you to week four. 
I'm not looking at December. I'm not looking at November. I'm not looking at October. Okay? When I'm making these picks, I'm not looking ahead. It's rule number four. Don't save. I'm going to save this team. No, you're going to be out. Savers are losers. Very simple. We want to just do the process of elimination with us. No road teams. No divisional games. Vegas line. It's our guide. Okay? You can break it here and there, but the favorite you pick must be giving more than five. Bad defenses or bad plays. Hey, that's something we can kind of focus in on right now. Who has a bad defense or... Which bad defense can you kind of go against? I don't know. The Raiders seem like a pretty bad defense. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh, avoid taking the team that's playing at home for the second consecutive week. It's, you know, a proprietary one of mine. Uh, no shame in picking against the bad team week after week. And no kill shot. Do not override logic. You can go with the outlier game thinking, oh, my gosh, everybody's going to be taking this game. No, don't do that. Then you, you yourself are knocked out. So to kind of review the rules of this game, once you choose a team, then you can't go back to them. So Baltimore this week, well, they're home against the Colts. That looks kind of tasty, but nope, we can't take Baltimore. We took them week one. And now we can't take the Buffalo Bills. Ah, it was kind of relaxing in the second half, was it not? You sweat a little bit that first series, Gino. I know you. You were sweating a little bit I, when they marched down the field. I texted Danger, the meme of the sweating guy there at the <laughs> beginning. And that's kind of my MO, okay? I just, I, I'm... I'm very confident right now, but on game day, you might not want to be around me, okay? Okay. But we bring you these picks with confidence. Eliminate divisional games. Only two this week. Patriots-Jets wouldn't want that. Jags a big number over the Texans. No, I don't want that. Cross it off. Cross off any game that is five or less. Packers at home, minus two against New Orleans. Nope. Detroit, minus three against Atlanta. Nope. Cleveland, minus the three against Tennessee. No, no way. We're going to learn more about the Browns. Vikings Chargers pick them. Wow. No, oh boy. Got thoughts on that a little later. Um, eliminate any road favorite. Uh, the Steelers are actually favored on the road against the Raiders. That's your Sunday night game. Um, no, stop. No, no way do I want that. Um, Danger leads us with five choices this week. Five. What about the Niners? Giants are getting plus 10, okay? And it's a short week for the Giants. That's San in San Francisco? That is in San Francisco. Okay. Giants are staying out there. What about Seattle minus six at home against Carolina? No. Avoid. I mean, I, I like Seattle in that game, but no. Miami is minus six and a half against Denver. Fishy, right? I would think that would be more. Hmm. <laughs> Kansas City minus 12 and a half against the Bears. Dallas minus 12 at Arizona. Oh, boy. Where do we go from here? Oh, wait. That's a road game, Mike Danger. Oh, so we, we cross that off. Cross off Dallas. Right. I'm sorry. Listen, no, 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 no. We have better choices this week. Let somebody else. Will Dallas get it done? Probably. But I don't want probably. I want certainty. (sighs) You mentioned it. Seattle. Do they feel like a six-point favorite you should go with? Not when we have better options. Cross Seattle off. There's really only one option. You're not going to hurt my feelings. (sighs) Cross off the Giants. We're going to kill the suspense this week. Cross off the Giants uh, with the Niners on a short week. Cross off Miami. With apologies to Fats Domino. And don't say I can't sing Mike Danger. I'm picking Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come.
They got some bad bears opponent, and I'm going to get me some. I'm picking Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. Kansas City, your week three pick. So comfortable. Thank you, Mike Danger and every other Bears fan. We're on the week four. Book it now and thank me on Monday. I almost want the Bears to win now just so we can replay rolling the tape on your rendition of Kansas City. Here I come. And if the Bears shock the world and somehow beat the Kansas City boring Chiefs, that moment that just occurred will live in sports bar infamy forever. I am fully aware that the Chiefs in uh, one way or another twice have played a role in the knockout. Yes. Last year, picking Kansas City at Indianapolis, I violated my own rule in week three. Shame on me and, and deserve to go out. Kansas City's at home. Chicago is putrid. Kansas City's offensive coordinator has an axe to grind against Chicago because when he was in Chicago, they treated him like hot garbage. Not just him, he and his family. His kids were getting picked on at school because Nagy's bears were so bad. I saw that video like terrible. him at a high school game and they're like terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So he's gotten an axe to grind with that organization with Chicago. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City is going to tear Chicago apart. And I would you say it's 12 and a half? Yeah. Do they cover you laying points? <laughs> yeah, I think they cover. Yeah, I think they cover. Oh, there's another fact too. Kansas City lost at home opening night. Like really they're going to start the season Owing to it. There's home. nothing about Chicago that should make the last time these two teams played. Remember, Mahomes was like walking into the end zone, oh. counting on his fingers, oh. talking about all the teams that the Bears passed on oh, him. I forgot about that angle. It's even all, more ammo. They all have an axe to grind with Chicago. The, the Nagy, Mahomes, they're going to embarrass my Bears. This pick is safe. I hate to say it. But it's safe. I, I As much as I want to see an upset happen, not just because I'm a Bears guy, but because I want to replay you singing Kansas City, here I come. If you fail, we all fail. This is the easiest survivor pick I think we're going to have all season long. Okay, I, I'm i a little self-aware, I would like to think. I know I can't sing. So, like, the, 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 it's on display there, Danger. That like, was a really- moment. That was yeah. A so I know I can't sing. So really, did like your idea of doing singing Benny Mardones? Yeah. No, I think we'll kill it. We'll crush. I'd have to really rehearse. I we'll don't know. Absolutely I'd have to crush. Have... We'll crush with the yacht club guys behind us as our backing band. We'll we'll crush. We just got to get. We got to hit our mark here. And you can do your part, by the way, if you want to. If you want to help us build our community online with YouTube and Twitch, we get to a thousand subscribers between the two platforms. Gino and I will sing Benny Mardonis into the night. And you just got a taste of Gene's vocal stylings, his talent right there during Survive in Advance. Uh, you know, I'm going to save mine for the stage, but you know I can bring it. All right, we're going to take uh, a break. Yeah, the, the, by the way, that Fats Domino song, uh, yeah, the lyrics don't hold up. Oh, <laughs> were you actually looking at the lyrics? Yeah, well, you know, like they, it's the, the line is they got some pretty little women there and I'm going to get me one. Oh. That's, didn't, I didn't know that's the way it worked. That fats, could probably but. that could probably still hold up today. I mean, if you're listening to hip hop, that's that's pretty tame fare. I think we'll be okay with that. Um, before we take a break, before we get to Tony Cotillo 
and uh, talk some fantasy here. Tony from uh, Wind Daily Sports joining us a little bit. Just quickly, some some news and notes from around the National Football League here in the last 24 hours. Some some noteworthy things happening, of yeah, course. Yeah, so uh, the Steelers, uh, if you stay with that, uh, thanks to their defense, two touchdowns last night. Yay, 26-22 ended up being the final, not Scorigami. Uh, Steelers sacked the, the Sean Watson six times. Hit him 11 times. Yeah. That's uh, four turnovers, the one right on the opening play. Uh, linebacker Alexander Heisteth, that 30-yard pick six on the first play, gave the Steelers a lead for good, 658 remaining in the fourth quarter with a strip sack. And T.J. Watt, oh, great. With T.J., like, you're celebrating one sack while Watson's down on the ground. That wasn't exactly I, a good look. I, I like, like, for as much as I'm not a J.J. Watt fan, T.J. Watt is different for me. No, he's going into JJ territory. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. He's not there yet. Maybe he does, but he's not there yet. He's he's uh he's a different breed. He's a different breed of cat. He's not he doesn't appear to be the me first guy that JJ is. At least I that's my impression of TJ Watt. He's a bad man. Oof. Uh well, the the news for the Browns worse when you consider that not only they lose, they lose Nick Chubb for the season, he injured his knee, gruesome injury. And uh, Kevin Stefanski today saying that uh, he and GM Andrew Barry and the Browns personnel department are looking at external options. But at least for now, Cleveland will roll with Jerome Ford as their featured running back. We'll get more into that with uh, Tony Cotillo here in just a couple of minutes. We talk some fantasy and wind daily sports. Steve Hausman just texted me. Thanks for listening, Steve. He says Kansas City is not by Fats Domino. Ugh. It's Harrison Wilbert. Well, he would know. Back in my day, we listened so, to like Fats Domino is doing. We used to uh, play that station back on the radio. <laughs> back in the kidding house. <laughs> kidding. Wait a second. No, that's Fats Domino. I don't is know. It not? I don't know. I don't, I don't know who sings the song. What does it say? You, you use the Googles. I did. I can't believe it Steve, is fast. Steve domino. Hausman absolutely sent you on a tailspin. Now look at that. He's inside. Fats he's in your domino. kitchen. Song by Fats Domino. Okay. Was there a remix back in the day that Hausman knows about that we didn't know about? No, no, no. Unless right, unless somebody did. Yeah, no. It. I'm. We're right. It, it's Fats Domino. All right. Gino, ignore the comments. <sighs> ignore the comments section. <laughs> Sorry. Love you, House. Uh, meanwhile, you had the early game, the doubleheader. It was the Saints uh, moving to 2-0. Yawn. The Saints are 2-0. They beat Carolina 2017. Bryce Young, the story, he was sacked four times. He was pressured a bunch. Uh, he might he might be an issue here. We'll see. Uh, the, the passing attack was just all short, all underneath. He lost a fumble on one of the sacks. This stat line is, is mesmerizing. It just boggles the brain. 22 of 33. 22 completions, 153 yards. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Was that even possible? 22, 22 of 33 for 153 yards? Oh. Yuck. Oh. Yeah. Captain check down there. Um, Panthers uh, lost linebacker Shaq Thompson, fa- fracturing his fibula, misses uh, the remainder of the season. He's in his ninth season with the Panthers, and he just agreed to a new deal with the team in the offseason. <laughs> Uh, Saquon Barkley, they, they're playing games here. The Giants are. Uh, Brian Daybolt says, oh, don't count him out. Okay. Daybolt said today it was premature to rule out Barkley for the Thursday night game. Uh, Domino, uh, current, excuse me, Daybolt. 
Thanks, Steve. You're in my head. Dable says uh, the team will make a game-time decision when it comes to Saquon Barkley. We're getting news here breaking as well that Kareem Hunt is actually visiting the Browns just to kind of revisit that Nick Chubb story. Yeah, that, uh, that would be the easy one if you're the Browns, right? Bring back Kareem Hunt, who uh, remains a free agent, hasn't signed with the team yet. And we're talking about injured running backs. Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach, said that there isn't a timeline on a return from Austin Eckler, who didn't practice at all last week. He's dealing with his own ankle injury. And while he was gone, the team rushed for just 2.9 yards per carry uh, in their loss uh, on on Sunday. Eckler didn't miss any games last season for what it's worth. He missed only one game in 2021. No timetable on a return from Austin Eckler. Again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more here and the fantasy implications of that injury with Tony Cotillo in just a couple few. And this felt like it was going to be an inevitability. It, you know, we have reports now that the XFL and USFL will merge here coming oh, up in 2024. Goodness. Yeah. I mean, you, you had both leagues happening this spring, competing with each other with just a couple of weeks of overlap. The XFL starting right after the Super Bowl, the USFL starting in April. Uh, and the XFL, the history here, I mean, the, the 2023 season was their third crack at trying to make something work here in the spring. And the USFL uh, came back after being dark for decades in 2022. Obviously, you can't sustain two spring football leagues so let's merge them into one and there's a lot of questions that need to be answered as far as like what brand will remain what brand will hit the bricks who's running the whole thing who's financing the whole thing there's a lot of questions that i'm sure will be um you know, released over the course of time, maybe even as soon as later this week yeah uh, biggest merger since live golf and the pga yeah <laughs> sure um who's in hot water this week well go back to that one game you have the Vikings and you have the Chargers. Like yeah. two teams that find different, new, inventive ways to lose. And I don't think Kevin O'Connell would be in the hot seat, but I would think Kirk Cousins might be. And certainly Brandon Staley. Look, if you can't beat the Vikings, you're the Chargers. Brandon Staley going in to meet with his GM. What would you say you do here? This stat is mind-boggling. The Chargers have thrown for over 500 yards first two games. As a team, their offense has not turned the ball over. They're they 0-2. Won. Yeah. They haven't won. Yeah, yeah. that's that's bad. Um, you're in hot water, Brandon Staley. See how good though hot water can be at Ace Swim and Leisure. They've been serving Rochester area families since 1962, and it isn't very often something comes along as cool and different as the all-new Jacuzzi Swim Spa. It's the right size. It's the right price. It's the pool spa combo that gives you the pro-grade water workout and therapeutic water massage. See the all-new Jacuzzi Swim Spa for yourself at Ace Swim and Leisure's Chai Lai Avenue store today or aceswim.com. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Meet or on the rocks. It's the Sports Bar with Dainter and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Yeah, I was very uh, pleased and impressed with uh, with the balance there. Really, um, you know, they're they're all they're all similar but all different. And um, you know, I, I think with with Tay, you get a lot of veteran leadership, and uh, and he you could feel him when he went into the game. Um, I think it was uh, maybe on our first or second touchdown. Um, but you know, and, and all three really pride themselves on the on the protection, the pass protection piece as well, and catch the ball out of the back. So uh, I think they've done a really good job, Coach. 
Bills head coach Sean McDermott talking about his backfield. Could you find some value in that Bills backfield if you're starting them in your fantasy lineups this weekend? We bring in Tony Cotillo, Win Daily Sports. Love talking fantasy football here in the sports bar. Tony, uh, how's week two treating you and, and how excited are you for week three now considering uh, we've got a lot of injuries to deal with. We've got a lot of kind of patching up to do with our lineups here. How are you, bud? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? I'm doing better than Nick Chubb, I'll tell you that, man. I, that poor... That poor guy couldn't happen to a nicer guy, man. I'm telling you, it's such a shame. Uh, I I, I kind of cringed watching it, and I'll be honest with you, just looking at it this week coming up, it's almost like we talked about in the off season. It's like zero running back theory. It's it, you know you you essentially have to treat the running backs as fantasy, like you're like they're honestly doing in the NFL because they just come and go so easily, and they're left with nothing. So if we're looking tonight at the waiver wire, and certainly Chubb owners are going to have to do this, uh, Jerome Ford, I mean, is that how, well, it is a drop-off, but how big would that be if you end up having to plug in Ford? And uh, this idea that Kareem Hunt is visiting, I mean, is Kareem Hunt anything more than a flyer at this point? And can I add, add in there too, Tony, if you have a, a free agent auction budget, uh, what would you? how much of your budget would you invest in somebody like uh, Jerome Ford? Honestly, I think I would invest everything in Jerome Ford. Uh, you know, and, and, and here's why. And, and this is to take nothing away from Nick Chubb, but you, know, you guys have watched football just as long as I do, probably longer. And if you remember uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, Gary Kubiak had one heck of a roster of running backs out there in Denver, whether it be Mike Anderson, whether it be Elaine Gary, whether it be Clinton Portis, they were built behind the run. That's what this Kevin Stefanski team is built behind. The line is there. The line hasn't changed. And you saw Jerome Ford go off last night. Not to say it's going to happen every week, but he's going to be the one guy right now that I think you can lean on. And and looking at you know all the options out there, I mean, you're not going to go spend a budget on Matt Breida. Nobody wants Matt Breida. Nobody wants Tony Jones, right? You're, yeah. you're going to have Kamara back in a week. So, you know, I'm looking at Jerome Ford as obviously the number one option just based on that offensive line alone. Well, when we're looking at the Steelers, I think most of us would say the eye test. Uh, Jalen Warren seems to be the better running back. And do you think actually the Steelers will kind of go in this direction as the season goes along more Warren and less Najee Harris? I really do, guys. Uh, you know, you, you guys remember when I, I was on here in the preseason, that was my biggest prediction, man, was Warren will be the RB1 by the end of the year. And listen, they've given Najee Harris every opportunity, right? And and the eye test, he just doesn't pass for me. He just doesn't do it. Now, you know, his yards per carry is a little in boast because he had a couple big plays. But besides that, I mean, we're talking about a running back that's rushed for 74 yards in two games, and he's getting zero targets. That's the thing you have to look at. From a pass-catching perspective, you already have nine receptions for Jalen Warren with 12 targets. He's averaging six targets per game, and that's only going to go up and average a 16.5 yards per carry or, or per catch for the receiving area. So he's definitely, to me, he's the sneaky handcuff. He's the stash that you should really go out and find and put on your, your roster. I'm talking to Tony Cotillo, Windaily Sports, and fantasy football here on the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Something smells rotten with the Chargers, Tony, and I don't know how you're feeling. Austin Eckler has usually been reliable in terms of his health. He didn't miss any games last year. He only missed one in 2021. We know that there's an ankle injury that kept him out of week two, but now we're hearing from from Coach Staley that you know there's no timetable to his return, what do you do if you had shares in Eckler? Man, I'll tell you, 
And that's what's crazy. If you think about it, think about the guys that have gone down, right? You know, Eckler, Saquon Barkley, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb. I mean, and then nobody's even talking about the whole Derrick Henry issue where Tajay Spears is ready to really bite into all his volume. So, you know, this is, this is a major, major problem because a lot of owners took these guys top five, top ten in their drafts, and now we're looking at what do we do? I mean, are, are we going to rely on Joshua Kelly? I mean, 13 for 39 last week. I know he played a, a tough Titans middle of the defense, but, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze about, right? And, and listen, this Chargers scene's not as explosive as we thought it was going to be. So it, it, it's almost like you have to play this game as a week-to-week kind of matchup, you know, like, you know, are they, you know, what is that, that run defense that they're going to face? You know, is it, is it going to be a little lighter? You know, do you have a Kyron Williams? Do you have a, you know, a, a Kenny Gainwell, a Gus Edwards, a Justice Hill? You're just going to have to play matchups for here on out. Tony Cotillo, Win Daily Sports, our guest. Tony, if we can kind of bring it a little closer to home. Uh, the Buffalo Bills last week, nice rebound game. Now, the disclaimer here, and I get your thoughts on that. It was against the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders' defense, Max Crosby aside, but he, even he was invisible in this game. But what you saw out of the game plan when you have uh, when you have Cook go over 100 yards in this game, when you have uh, running backs contributing, do you see the Buffalo Bills kind of becoming finally a more balanced attack? Do you feel comfortable enough uh, playing James Cook as an RB2? I really do. I, listen, I, I think he's trending up remarkably. I mean, I know he wasn't the guy that everybody thought he was going to be last week. You know, everybody thought he was going to have this this ball-out week but because he didn't score. But here's what I'm very, very excited about. Again, 10 targets. He, he's involved in the receiving game, at least four catches in each of the first two games. And listen, he's getting the volume. He went from 12 attempts the first week, 17 attempts. He's going to be up to 20 to 23 touches a week. So even without a touchdown, he's not touchdown dependent. He's giving you last week, he's giving you 19 points um, from a running back. And, and that's without scoring. So, uh, you know, it's still an explosive offense. And listen, Josh Allen was 31 to 37. Uh, and, and a lot of that was because they really defined the game plan a little bit. You know, they brought it in a little more, right? You know, they, they allowed him to kind of survey the field. It, you know, listen, 274 for three touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. More like a Josh Allen game. So I think you should be very, very pleased with James Cook because the only way to go is up. How much of an advantage do you have if you had the foresight or you had the fortitude to get him on the waiver wire after week one to have a guy like Puka Nakua on your lineup, considering that the Rams at one and one offensively look pretty good. Matthew Stafford is looking good through two weeks. He really is. I mean, who? it's like he found a fountain of youth, man. Like, I don't know what, what happened to Matthew Stafford. And I'll tell you what, here's the thing. This is the, the crazy thing about this is, this is where we talk about every year when people say, wait on a quarterback in drafts. Wait, I'm, I'm going to wait on a quarterback, right? Everybody says that. Well, now you're seeing it. Now you're, now you're seeing what's happening because everybody that got drafted high, listen, the, the top five quarterbacks right now, Kirk Cousins, number one, Tua, number two, Mahomes, number three, Russell Wilson, number four, Mac Jones, five, Jordan Love, six. So think about that, right? So, you know, and, and you bring up Puka. Here's the issue with Puka. He has been unbelievable. But the question is, what happens, right? What happens when Cooper Cup comes back? Is Cooper Cup going to be healthy enough? Listen, 25 for 266. 
you know, he's on pace for about 244 catches this year, right? That's not going to happen, right? It's going to slow down. But here's the thing, you know, if I'm a betting man, I would say that Cooper Cuff's not going to be healthy for the entire year. He's going to be in and out of the lineup. So you want as many shares as Puka as you, as you can get. Tony, uh, get your thoughts as we're trying to make uh, lineup decisions here. And you're based in Philadelphia. And yes, the Eagles are 2-0. But from every Eagle uh, fan that I talk to, mm-hmm. it's like, ah, eh, yeah, yeah. There, there's things you kind of got to fix. One of them being... The pass defense, you allowed 300 yards against Mac Jones. You let Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk. That's supposed to be bad. I mean, granted, you won the game. So that leads me to this week. And a team that's actually 2-0 coming in, Tampa Bay. Are you thinking maybe Baker Mayfield is a streaming option here? Your thoughts on what you saw out of the Eagles? Are they going to tighten things up here? Yeah, well, here's the thing. You know, I will say this. The Eagles had two big-time injuries in the secondary uh, last week, and they had another one during the game in Avante Maddox, who was who was supposed to step in for Reed Blankenship. So now they were playing three guys, one of them like basically off the practice squad uh, as one of their corners. So you know you had Slay and everybody else. Now the week before, there's no excuse, right? Because you have Bradbury out there, and you have your starting safeties, and you have Slay. So here's what I will say about this week. The thing I will say to every there's two lines of uh, schools of thought here. Number one, the, the, the right side of the line for Tampa Bay is, is completely trash. And the, the Eagles defense gets after the quarterback like no other. So look at guys like Hassan Reddick and Jalen Carter to really make some havoc. But here's the thing about Baker. The one thing, knowing to cover this team locally, that the Eagles struggle with is mobile quarterbacks. When players move outside the pocket, they have a very weak linebacking core right now who cannot really hang with anybody. They, they just brought back Morrow from Chicago, who they cut a week ago, right? So you have Baker, who's really playing hard. He's had some hard runs. So I think he actually could be a decent option this week, just based on his running ability alone. And because you're there in Philadelphia, I want to get a little sense of what they're doing with that backfield, because we saw DeAndre Swift run all over the Vikings. But, man, after week one, it sure felt like Kenneth Gainwell was the guy that they were favoring. If Gainwell gets right and gets comes back from that, that rib injury, do we expect to see more of a 50-50 on that one, or do you think Swift did enough to command a line share of that workload in the backfield? Oh, he definitely did enough, uh, 100%. Now, one thing, you know, being local in Philadelphia, uh, everybody that covered the team, uh, we all knew that Kenneth Gainwell was the guy. He was 100% the guy. He, you know, we knew Rashad Penny was not good. We knew that DeAndre Swift wasn't getting the looks in camp. But I think a lot of that was just learning the play system, learning, you know, learning how to play with Jalen Hurts, learning the offensive play call. It's a pretty extensive playbook that they have in Philadelphia because all of the RPOs. So that's something that I think they just didn't trust DeAndre Swift with at first. But he got pressed into action. I think he opened his eyes up. And now, listen, when, when you have a beast like that running the way he did, you cannot keep him off the field. So a 50-50 split at least is what you're going to get with DeAndre Swift, if not switching to about 60-40 in favor of D-Swift. Uh, Tony, last one for me, and it's kind of looking at matchups, trying to figure out who to play, who not to. Uh, I think you're feeling comfortable with the Miami Dolphins, are you not? Like, Okay, it's go time. But what about the opponent this week, Denver? And I look at the line there, six and a half. I'm thinking, oh, that should be more. And I'm thinking, what is Vegas saying? I'm thinking yeah, th- th- there might be some points, I'm, I'm assuming, here from the Broncos. So how comfortable are you with an 0-2 Denver offense in terms of uh, playing uh, them fantasy-wise uh, going down to Miami? 
Yeah, listen, I, you know, this is an interesting one because I'm a big Sean Payton guy. And and from my recollection, there's no way that Sean Payton's going to go 0-3, in my opinion. Like, I just I just see it in my mind and say there's no way. And the one thing I will say is Russell Wilson's already exceeded, you know, expectations from a fantasy quarterback in two games based on what he's done this year as opposed to last year, right? So, I mean, you're looking at him as a, you know, almost 500 yards, five touchdowns and one pick. Percentage is down a little bit, but he's the, the fifth-ranked quarterback in fantasy right now. He just got Jerry Judy back last week, and what you're seeing is Judy just not right yet, right? So this is another week. He's got a pretty explosive offense out there with Cortland Sutton, who has size and speed, where Judy can go all over. And then you have Marvin Mims, who comes out and just shows he could be the long guy. So he's kind of building – what he had in Seattle, and with the play call on a Sean Payton, I think sky's the limit. Right now, they haven't won any games, but at least they've been in them, and they've shown they've been able to score points. So I actually like them this week. No, I know it's Miami, but I'm telling you right now, there's no way that team goes out in three. Tony, uh, you're our fantasy goomba. Let our audience know a little bit more where they can get your work. Yeah, man, listen, you catch me every single day over at uh, WindailySports.com. Obviously, you can catch me here every other Tuesday. They catch you on the weekends at Sirius uh, XM Fantasy Channel 87, talking all things fantasy sports and sports betting. Yeah, if you ever need a guest, Tony, on the Sirius show to talk Buffalo Bills, this is my, my bit there. I always invite myself. Gene up likes to shows. wedge his yeah, foot like, into yeah, any door like, that yeah, he so. sees. Yeah. <laughs> I like well. I, well, we do need like a Buffalo Insider, so maybe um, you know, because my Buffalo Insider went to Indianapolis, so I may need one really soon. So I might have to look you up. All right, the, 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 you know my number, Tony. Anytime, buddy. I got you, man. I got you. Appreciate Absolutely. you, Tony. Have a great week Thanks. and enjoy your weekend. Thanks, guys. You too. Good luck, Tony Catillo, Win Daily Sports, talking some fantasy football here in the sports bar. We got happy hour right around the corner next, Gita. Before we get to that, who's hot and who's cold in fantasy football? Yeah, who is cold right now? Uh, you have to say the Cleveland Browns, right? And I hate kind of saying that, but moving forward, were you encouraged by Deshaun Watson last night? Were you encouraged by what you saw? Uh, you allowed two defensive touchdowns and losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, certainly not good. And and who's hot right now? I don't see anything slowing down for the Miami Dolphins. Finally, they get back home. I mean, you forget that they put up these numbers, both of those games on the road, Tonga Vailoa to Tyreek Hill to Jalen Wild. I think they're going to be just fine going against Denver. I would say that is the team that's hot right now. Who's hot and who's cold in fantasy football brought to you by Airquip Heating and Air Conditioning. It's fun and challenging to know when to start a player that's heating up or bench one that's cooling off it is not fun to be too hot or too cold in your home or business make the best lineup call you can and call airquip today happy hour next in the sports bar lots to unpack from our conversation with matt perino of the syracuse post standard we talked some bills and commanders we'll look ahead to uh, sunday's matchup in washington we have time for your calls as well you can join us on the good smoke barbecue and pub wingman line that's 866-4-FAN 866-4326 award-winning barbecue from good smoke barbecue and pub and the new location at 135 west commercial street in east rochester goodsmokebbq.com